Hello everyone! Welcome back. This is day five of seven days of super special episodes. How'd you like last night's interview? I have been so looking forward to that interview with Joanne and it went in a direction I could have never expected and I love it so much. Another big thanks to Joanne. I had the best time chatting with you. Now, today. Today I have another super amazing special guest for you guys. As you know, I love podcasts. I love using them for my research, and I love reaching out to the ones I love to interact, and usually just fangirl a little. (laughs) I recently found a podcast called Station 59, hosted by an amazingly cool person I am so glad to know now, Chelsea Deanne. One of the reasons I like her show so much is because of her outlook on the paranormal being so similar to mine, and her outlook on the warrants also similar to mine. This means we had so much to chat about, and I'm so excited to share that with you all. And, as an extra bonus, she had me on her show as well. It was the first time I've ever done anything on a podcast that wasn't scripted. I personally don't think I'm very good with off-the-cuff storytelling because sometimes my memory really fails me and I say names wrong, confuse dates, locations, and leave important bits out and remember them later when it's too late. But I have to say, I had the best time on Station 59 podcast sharing one of my top favorite ghost stories with Chelsea Deanne. And she shared an amazing story with me I'd never heard before. I am so, so honored to have been on so many podcasts as a guest this super awesome spooky season. Thank you to everyone. And I'll stop talking now so you all can enjoy my interview with Chelsea Deanne of Station 59 Podcast. Enjoy. If you would first tell us about yourself and your podcast. Okay. Well, my name is Chelsea Deanne. Um, I have a podcast called Station 59 where I cover all things paranormal, um, cryptids, weird mysteries. I've mostly done paranormal, but I swear I'm going to get into the other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's, that's, I love your podcast. I found it doing research for my podcast and I loved the way you went into the topics and how you covered all the bases and you didn't just spout off all the first stuff you saw on other content or the first, you know, Google link. (laughs) Thank you so much. First question, what got you interested in the paranormal? And part two of that question, what led you to start your podcast about it? Okay, well, what got me interested in the paranormal is um, my mom and grandma, when we all lived together, would watch scary movies and watch all these TV shows about, like, people experiencing true hauntings and stuff like that. And I started watching it with them when I was, like, five, maybe? (laughs) Like, way too young. (laughs) And then when we moved to the city that we live in now, or that I grew up in, I should say, um, we moved into a house that was extremely, extremely haunted. And we had a lot of stuff that would happen. And I was terrified (laughs) all the time. But then it, like, piqued my interest a lot. So I was like, oh, my God, I have to know more about this because what the actual heck is happening? (laughs) I understand that. That's exactly how I felt. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, and then how did it lead you to starting a podcast? Oh, right. Um, So this is such a cliche answer, but, like, I would just hang out with my friends and be talking. We love to talk about true crime and talk about paranormal stuff. And I just was, I was like, we need to record some of our conversations because we're so funny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But then my friends didn't want to do it with me, and I really liked the idea. And so I just 
I bought myself a microphone and I just went for it and I've been having a really good time with it. I love that. And your show is so entertaining. I love how you are so in it with yourself and you really, you be yourself 100%. I'm so scripted because I can't really speak without a script very well, but (laughs) I love how you tell all the stories and a big part of yourself is in it and you can tell and I really like that. Oh, thank you so much. That made my day. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Okay. So what is your favorite part about podcasting? Hmm. I really, really like the research aspect of it. I love, I'm such a nerd. I love to learn new things. And so every time I find something new that interests me, I'm like, I have to learn everything about this. So I have a really (laughs) good time just sitting down and doing all my research and like, reading all my stories and watching videos to go along with it or watch, listening to EVPs and stuff like that. And I creep myself out sometimes and it's really fun. <laughs> That's awesome. You sound so much like me. That's exactly how I would respond to that. <laughs> okay. So what is your least favorite part about podcasting? Um, honestly, probably the editing and just all the behind the scenes work because mm-hmm. it's just, it's very time consuming yes. and I do my podcast a hundred percent like by myself there. I, I do all my research, I do all my writing, I do all my editing on my everything. And I'm yeah. like, it's just, I love, sometimes I love the recording because other times I just feel like so awkward and I feel <laughs> like I'm just sitting in a room talking to myself because that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But the behind the scenes stuff is kind of, it wears on you a little bit, but it's it's worth it in the end. I can totally agree and relate to that for sure. I have an editor who does my music and cleans it up for me, but I started doing my own editing as in clipping the bad parts, and it takes forever. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but yeah, for sure, that's the, the hardest part, and also why I only get an episode out like every other month because <laughs> I have so much <laughs> research to do on top of all that, and like it right. is, it's a lot, so that's a, that's a great answer. Okay. <laughs> So you seem to do really deep research for your episodes, which is one of the things I really love about your show. What is your take on how a lot of content creators do their research or don't for that matter, how it's very lacking in actual facts? I I do like, I love to listen to other paranormal podcasts and stuff like that, but sometimes I do get so irritated because like I... I swear I'm like an encyclopedia of different things. Like I have listened to so many different podcasts. I've watched so many different shows. I have like a baseline knowledge of probably every major haunted place in the United States. So then when I listen to these podcasts or whatever, and they're like just telling the very baseline knowledge or like, what was it? Oh, I was doing my research for the Waverly Hill Sanatorium. And there is this very famous story of a nurse that allegedly hung herself and um she's now seen or reported in the in this certain area the problem is that's not true there is no physical way for anyone to have hung herself there's no records of this ever happening and people speak of it like it's fact Mm -hmm. and i it just seems like such a like i don't like the misinformation i like you have to i feel like you have to say you know this is alleged or this is this is the rumor but here's kind of like why maybe that's not true or like why we need to be skeptical of this because i don't know it just to spread misinformation about a location is very disrespectful in my mind and so i do find that very very aggravating when i hear other creators do that where they're like 
well, this is a great story, so I'm going to tell it, but it's not necessarily true. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. That is one of my biggest pet peeves with any paranormal content. I hate when they're, they're like, they're so sure of whatever they're sharing with you when it's all alleged to begin with. The roots of everything is alleged. Nobody has the answers. So when people like you come out with podcasts that do question things, I get so excited because I'm, I get really <laughs> sick of the, the surface research and the people just being like, I heard this one thing and that is 100% what happened. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, next question. When you're researching a case or a story for an episode, what are some things that you make sure you address, whether it be firsthand accounts, any TV or media on the story, or just internet searches? Um... Run that by me one more time. I'm so sorry. There's no a lawnmower right outside. <laughs> no, you're good. I also made a huge run-on sentence as a question. So <laughs> when you're researching a case or a story for an episode, what are some things you make sure to address? Um, I always try to address the history. Like anything that I can find uh, about the, the history of the land, the history of the city, the history of the location. Um, like... If there's a certain, like, say there was a disease outbreak, I like I like to try to address cover, like, even covering the facts of the the of the disease. To say I feel like that is a huge makes a huge impact on the paranormal activity there. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I try to cover as much as I can if it's covered in media. I'll try to watch the episodes and um, or listen to the podcast or whatever it is. But I just have such a hard time with like ghost hunting shows and stuff like that mm-hmm. because I feel like so many so much of the time they're so sensationalized and it's like okay like calm down a little bit I've been ghost hunting I know that this doesn't happen so back to back to back and crazy like yes <laughs> we don't get possessed every single time Mr. ZB exactly it's not always demons yes <laughs> oh I couldn't agree more yes for sure okay so What's your favorite way to research? Podcasts, internet, YouTube, any social media, uh, specific social medias you like to reference or all of the above? So I always just try to do, like, I try to cover all my bases. I try to get it from every angle that I can. If there is a podcast, I'll listen to it. If there is an episode, I'll watch it. But I really try to get most of my information from firsthand accounts. And so, like, if I can get something straight from a website, like, run by the location, I will get as much information off of that as I can. Like the story that I'm actually going to tell you on our next episode, it comes primarily just from the owner of the house. And so it's all to me a lot more reputable and that I find very exciting. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I have a hang up with um, the, the cases I work on. A lot of people, when they cover Warren's information, they go to, which, okay, so I had a hang up with this, but I, it just popped into my head just now that this is probably not their fault, but everybody gets their main information from t- the, the NESPR website, which is now mm-hmm. run by Tony and not the Warrens. So like mm. my, my biggest hang up is they're getting their information directly from Tony without realizing it's been changed because it's on the right. website. So that just occurred to me that every time I get irritated because specifically the Annabelle story, when people refer to the owners as Donna and um, Angie, 
That's not their names as far as the very first recorded account, which was written by the Warrens. So when you go to the website, instead of the book, you get <laughs> Donna and Angie. But the book says Deirdre and, um, Deirdre and Laura. So, yeah, so, like, hardly anybody knows that. Any any Annabelle information you get off of the internet or podcasts or YouTube, everybody thinks it's Donna and Angie because of Tony. He changed the website, so everyone's going to the source material, which is what they should do. And and now I'm realizing that their source material is just inaccurate. All right. Now oh, that, that I've had, nuts. yeah. Now that I've had that epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, how do you feel? Sorry, I just popped my knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about how TikTok has sort of taken over, and there's more misinformation than ever that people are taking at face value without questioning it? Have you noticed that, that even? A- it's it's bothering me a lot. <laughs> See, that's actually a great question because I don't really get on tiktok very often my my boyfriend is obsessed with tiktok and like sends me tiktoks all day long and Mm -hmm. so whenever i get on i don't get a lot of like com content that's curated to me i get a lot of what's curated to him that's funny um but when i do get on it's very like or what i do get it all is just very surface value Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't know it's just like you have to, you have to, the the nature of shorthand content is that you have to be so snappy and so quick and so attention grabbing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they don't care so much about the quality of the content as much as the attention grabbiness of the content. And so yes. they're going to like, they're going to say the most crazy thing they can think of. They're going to say the most sensationalized headline that they can come up with, mm-hmm. but it it's not necessarily true all the time. And I do, I don't know. And then you're spreading it to this large audience because now you've got it going viral and everyone's going to go, Oh, this is the way that it is. And a lot of, this is something that I found very interesting and I'm so rambling right now, but like, <laughs> um, there's this theory that the more you speak of something, the more you bring it into existence. And yes. so if you keep spreading this misinformation or saying, oh, this place is demonically haunted, this place is evil, this place is this, then you're bringing that into existence because you're, like, if you go to that place, you're bringing in this belief and you're targeting this one specific energy that doesn't necessarily live there, but you're bringing it with you by thinking about it and and speaking of it and targeting it. Mm-hmm. And so it can, like, negatively impact these locations, in my opinion. No, that's great. That's a great opinion because it coincides with the theory a listener brought up to me uh, a while back. Um, They wondered if Ed going into these homes, if he was making it worse for these people, like for the parents, the parents, for instance, like it wasn't evil or like super foreboding or anything to them until after the Warrens had visited. And a lot of um, cases, it seems to get because Ed likes to antagonize. That's one of his things. He says he's not a psychic. He can't see it, so he needs to know for sure it's there. So that's why he does it. Drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. But I feel like <laughs> that theory of him bringing it into the home is very possible to coincide with what you said. Because that's like, a, like what do they call that? A tulpa. You can speak something in, yeah. or think something into existence if you think hard enough. Exactly. Exactly. 
Yeah, that was a really good answer. I loved that. TikTok is driving me crazy <laughs> because I don't actually use it a lot either. I try to make content for the podcast, but I'm terrible at it. But I'll get friends oh, yeah. that know how I feel about stuff and they get so excited because they've seen this TikTok video and they send it to me. And because it's one of those attention-grabbing, shocking videos, they're excited and want to share. And my instant reaction is to debunk it any way I can. And right. so I kind of poop on their party, not meaning to, but at the same time, like they're getting excited and believing it face value. And I'm like, no, 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 take a sec, take a second, step back, look at what you're watching. And there's a, there's a, a content creator I follow on Instagram. Cause that's my favorite platform, but he, <clears throat> he likes to take those videos that people send him and, you know, trying to blow his mind and he'll let it play. And then he'll jump on and he'll say, this is why this is real or not real or whatever. And I love him. He's a, I think it's called Mitch official. I really love his content. Okay. It's good. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, he's pretty funny. I comment all the time. He probably thinks I'm some crazy lady. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's my favorite question for you. What makes you question things? I feel like I'm very naturally inquisitive. Um, And so it's just kind of my, my natural inclination is to just question everything. But especially, like, having experienced my own paranormal activity and I mean this house was intense like the activity was very frequent it was borderline violent at times like we had a crazy crazy haunting and still I watch these shows or I listen to these podcasts or I read these articles and I'm like no way (laughs) (laughs) no I get that (laughs) I've I've read so many books where they're like and it sounds like something out of like the hash slinging slasher for SpongeBob. It's like the the walls ooze with green slime, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this was they they found this stain on the carpet, and it was blood, and it would come back every single. I'm like, no, it didn't. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm sorry, but no, it didn't. You're just you're making this up because you saw it in a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the power of suggestion is strong from films. Yes, absolutely. And like, what's crazy even is when I was younger. And this has, it could be on me, it could be on this, the particular type of entity that was in my home, but, like, I had to stop watching scary movies at the house that I lived in, because after I would watch something, it was like, the activity would mimic it. (gasps) That's terrifying. And it was, it was so scary. (laughs) But, like, I had, I genuinely, I had to stop watching, I loved Ghost Adventures at the time, I had a fat crush on Zach Bagans. I think we all did, until we got crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, I always watched that show, I would always watch scary movies, and I had to stop, because like, there, we would watch, um, something happened where there were shadow figures, and then we started having shadow figures in the house, or like doors would open and shut by themselves and then all of a sudden my doorknobs would giggle in the middle of the night like just stuff like that so I was like okay I'm giving this thing ideas at this point or I'm like manifesting this kind of activity on my own because I'm afraid and either way it just needs to stop (laughs) yeah yeah it could go either way for sure because I've heard theories for both like some people say if it's brought to your attention then you can manifest it and some people say that these entities that we're experiencing are like like aware of our world and mm-hmm. will try to get our attention with stuff we would recognize. Right, yeah. So that that's that's what that's what I love about the paranormal because you if you do stop to question it, you can think of 
paranormal answers and non-paranormal answers. So that's why I get yes. so frustrated when people are like, it's definitely this. <laughs> right, right. It's like, you, well, you don't know. None of us know. We're never exactly. going to know. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so um, I would love to hear more about your haunted house. Do you have something particular you would like to or willing be willing to share? Oh, I mean, honestly, I could go with so many stories of this place. That's awesome. Um, I think my craziest story that I have of this house, um, I told on one episode of the podcast, but it's like my favorite story and also my least favorite story. (laughs) There was, so my basement was divided into like a finished half and an unfinished half. And the unfinished half was like our laundry room. And then there was a ping pong table and a pool table. And then this storage closet. And when I tell you, I hated this storage closet. It, there was something about it that just gave me the biggest, worst bad vibes. And there was a day that I was down there doing laundry. And it's just this big, long, open room. And I had this like routine because I was so paranoid of anything happening in this basement where I'd like be doing my laundry. And then I'd look down to check on the storage closet. Cause that door would open by itself. And so I would like check to make sure that the door was still shut. And then I'd go back to my laundry and then I'd check to make the door, make sure the door was shut. And I'd go back to the laundry. And at one point I looked down the basement to make sure that the door is still shut. And I see a shadow on the wall that I hadn't noticed before. And I go back to my laundry. Cause I'm like, obviously that's my shadow, not <laughs> thinking anything of it. But then, like, something didn't sit right with me. So I turn back and I look again. And that shadow's still there. And I kind of do, like, a lean back. I'm, like, doing it in my chair right now, as if you can see me. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, lean back. And the shadow does not lean with me. Oh. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's not my shadow. And it was like, as soon as I noticed it, it was, like, aware of me. And I, oh, my God. I get heebie-jeebies every time I talk about this. I, like, to this day, have nightmares about this. There, it it dropped down the shadow, dropped down and hid behind the pool table. And then it leaned out from behind it like it was looking at me from behind the pool table. And, like, it, the way it was crouched was just predatory. Oh, no, and I, I got like, chills. this thing's about to run at me. And I bolted. I dropped my laundry. I left all the lights on. I ran upstairs. I waited for my parents to come home. I never went back in that basement again. I do not blame you. <laughs> that story gave me chills. That would that would terrify me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was like, I'm genuinely, I've got like, my hands are shaking a little bit just thinking about it because it was, it was the scariest thing I've ever experienced. Yeah. Now, is it one of your favorites because it was so tangible? Yeah, it was just, it's one of those where so many things happened in that house that I could, I can forget a lot of them or I can pass off a lot of them of like, oh, that was this, that was this, this was my imagination, this was whatever. That was one that I cannot explain away. Yeah. Like, I cannot think of anything that could have caused that shadow and for it to move the way that it did makes no sense at all. For sure. And it was like three-dimensional it wasn't like a shadow on the wall anymore it was like a it was a person but it was all black oh wow like a shadow figure yes yeah that's pretty terrifying 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's my least favorite because it was so scary, but it's my favorite because it's like, explain it, you know? Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's a really good story. Uh, do you have Thank any you. any other, like, do you have a secondary favorite before I move on to my next question? I love these stories. <laughs> hmm. I have a really nice one. Oh, yes. Do share. <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, I had lost a really good friend my freshman year of high school. Um, he committed suicide. And I was down in my bedroom, which was in the basement at the time. And I came home from school. I went straight into my bedroom and I just flopped down on the bed and I started crying because it was just like a long day at school. This all was happening and I have my own mental health issues, right? So I'm laying down in bed and I didn't pull the covers up. I just like, I pulled the covers back, laid down in bed. And then next thing I know, the covers are pulled up over me. I'm tucked into bed and someone pats me on the shoulder. And I'm like, Okay, my mom came in. She heard me crying. I turn around. My room is empty. There's nobody in there. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that story. That is great. And I'm sorry for the loss of your friend. I, I unfortunately have oh. lost some friends that way, too. Yeah, it's, it's it sucks, but, you know. But it's great that you got that because so many people don't get anything, and it's such a hard thing to get through. Yes, and so it was – it was crazy, like, just how tangible it was and how physical it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. There's someone leaf blowing right outside my window. <laughs> I can somewhat hear it, but I think we're good. I don't hear it anymore. I think it, <laughs> the, the blocker thing caught on. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right. Um, so I want to know, when did you decide you wanted to investigate paranormal things yourself and go on an investigation? I have wanted to do it probably since I was like 15. I have been so interested in it. And I never was too keen on it when I still lived in the house. And I was like, you know, I experience paranormal activity every day. I don't need to experience it anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I always was curious and wanted to try it. But then when I was 18 and moved out of the house, um, it was almost like this like craving where I was like, I used to have all this stuff happen and I was like, it was just adrenaline all the time. And I had all of this sort of like reassurance that there was something else beyond this life, you know? Yeah. And then I move out and I don't have it anymore. And it was like, I was craving it. I was like, I need to, I need to know, I need to experience this again. I need to know I wasn't just crazy. Yeah. And some so, more validation. Yeah, exactly. And so I started kind of dabbling. Um, like I, I worked at this mall that was haunted. Um, there's, there was a fire when a ton of people died in it. And so I was friends with these security guards that would sneak me down into the basement and let me investigate there, um, which was really fun. <laughs> that is awesome. I think I remember you talking about that, and that is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I would do that. And then I, I kind of realized that I have adult money and can spend it on whatever I want. And so I started spending it on paranormal equipment and booking investigations. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> That's so cool. I love how that how you got started in it, and I love that you're still doing it. I love hearing about it on your podcast. I get so excited when you have a new story about somewhere you've been. So it's it's so fun. It's so cool, and like I'm just I have so many places on my list of places that I want to go. Yes, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna check here, check here, check here, and 
I'm ready to like start road tripping and really going for it. Same, same. I went and did a silly thing and got a new puppy, but I needed him. So maybe he'll just go with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I, I was uh, pet free for about six months and it was just wearing on my heart too much and all the things I could have done, you know, without having to worry and I just couldn't do it. I needed a dog, so... (laughs) Oh, but it's so worth it. It is. And I have the best little brother in the world. He always takes my dog whenever I feel like running around, which I used to do tons. So he's fully prepared to take on that role again. Nice, nice. Yes. All right. My next question for you is, what do you think about paranormal... um, All right. Let me redo that. (laughs) What do you think about paranormal investigators of today, specifically the TV versions? I think, excuse me, um, I think we're seeing a lot of just over the top, I'm doing this for ratings kind of investigations. I couldn't agree more. And so like, like I said, I used to, I used to love Ghost Adventures. I used to love Zach Fagans. I thought it was like, I thought that was the epitome of ghost hunting. You go in and you yell at the spirits and (laughs) you make them mad and you get them to do stuff. And I'm like, yep. Having been on investigations now, I was watching an episode of Ghost Adventures for research one day, and I texted my friend Janelle, and I was like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> like, <laughs> this as rude as this sounds, it made me, like, embarrassed to tell people that I'm a paranormal investigator because I don't want to be equated to that. I completely understand that and can relate. I, Whenever you tell people you're into that kind of thing, they side-eye you like because that's their first thought is Zach. <laughs> yes. I'm like, it's not, it's not all like that. Like, you can do it respectfully and you can get really genuine interactions that you don't have to be, like... Yeah, it doesn't have to be a show. And more than exactly. anything, more than anything, it's okay if you don't catch anything. That does not make you a bad investigator. That does not make your content not worth watching. It makes you more realistic. It makes you more trustworthy, more, um, what's the word I need? Um, I can't even think of it. Like it just, it just does more for you if you can admit and accept when you don't get anything. Exactly. There's, um, there's a gal on YouTube who used to do makeup tutorials. But now she does paranormal investigations every now and again. Her name is Mikey, M-Y-K-I-E. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. I have not. I have to look um, her up. You, you'd really like her. She's very fun, but also, like, she's a skeptic mm-hmm. and goes in and will say straight off the bat, we might not catch anything, but you're going to watch this video anyway. And maybe nothing happens because she doesn't fake anything. She doesn't, like, go over the top reactions. If something happens, she's very... It's not like, oh, my God, yeah. oh, my God, did you hear that? It's like, oh, okay. Very genuine very reaction. calmly proceeds. Yeah. Like, it's very real. I love that. That's how I react. I, I'm like, wait, did I really just experience? And I freeze, and I listen, mm-hmm. and I don't make any kind of emotional reaction because I don't know what just happened. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to have to check her out. That, that sounds like definitely something I'd be into. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've got talked about how much we don't enjoy current <laughs> investigators, um, what do you think about the Warrens? Hmm. Okay, I've been binging your show the last <laughs> couple of days because um, I've been trying to finally catch up to it. And I've always, 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 always 
thought that the Warrens were a bunch of crap. A hundred percent. And then now I'm listening to your show and I'm like, okay, like they, hmm, Same. maybe they had something to them. Yes, I feel exactly the same. I go back and forth with myself quite a bit. <laughs> and I don't I don't want to admit to it either. I'm just like, I've had this strong opinion about them forever. Yes. And I especially, I have a particular dislike for Ed. Oh, same, um, same, same. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm like, okay, so they could have just genuinely been good paranormal investigators, but I think they just kind of, inserted themselves in too much mm-hmm. and wanted I feel like they were fame driven to yes. be totally honest that's how I feel and okay perfect <laughs> so I'm like I don't want to like <laughs> I don't know it's I can see where they could have started with good intentions but I don't think it ended the same way yeah and I have so I have uh, like a double-sided feeling in that sense um I do feel that way but I also because like with the research and everything I've looked into Ed is a really hard person to pin down a an opinion of because mm-hmm. he's got these really amazing aspects that you hear people like Frank talk about where he was such a good person. I've heard several people in my research talk about how Ed and Lorraine were so big-hearted and warm and loving and open to everybody and always willing to like help out or be, you know, participate in things, be there for people. And then you have the other side of Ed's history where he was kind of violent. There's evidence of uh, Mm -hmm. a violent attack he committed when he was in his teens. And then there's the whole hearsay about his scandals. And it's really hard as as a woman to accept that as not a part of him. Right, exactly. And I'm current, like, I've been researching that aspect and I will eventually address it. I know people are getting really anxious to hear about that, but... (laughs) I've uncovered so much, it's it's left me a little bit dumbfounded and I'm not exactly sure how to proceed with an episode on it because of what I've learned. So I'm, I'm really excited mm-hmm. to get there because I feel like the opinion on Ed, it's, it's mainly Ed. Like a lot of people have opinions of Lorraine, but when you talk about opinions of the Warrens, a lot of people's opinions have to do with Ed and the way he acted because he was such right. a bigger personality. He was so much louder. He was so affirmative on everything he said and he kind of like stood out more than Lorraine did and then towards the end when she was doing most of the stuff by herself that's when I started learning more about her and that there were people that did not like her (laughs) so that Mm -hmm. got me curious too because this sweet little lady I'm seeing on tv and I'm hearing like my (laughs) mom say she doesn't like her and I'm like why (laughs) right and my, I have a personal theory about Lorraine, and it's not anything, like, major or anything like that, but, like, the the idea that everything is demonic. Yes. I think, um, I think probably stems from her Catholicism. Yes. Because I, my dad is Catholic, I grew up Catholic, and we, there, there weren't ghosts. Ghosts are not a thing. Right. Like, there's no earthbound spirits, you either go to heaven, you go to hell but there's demons. And so I almost wonder if she encountered anything that seemed vaguely negative and she immediately, her upbringing was like, that's a demon, that's a demon. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, I know that she, her family basically told her not to talk about it. Uh, if she had mm-hmm. any any kind of psychic thing happen to her, she was encouraged not to speak about it unless she was, you know, being lighthearted and kidding about it. Right. And that didn't, that surely didn't help either, because then, 
you know, if, if you just repress it all the time and constantly see it as a bad thing, it's ultimately going to turn into a yeah. blessing but a curse. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of her perceptions and a lot of her experiences were negative and demonic, as she would say. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like they experienced a lot of benevolence when they were out. Like, um, the your story, the stories you hear from the Warrens, it was always something bad. And they always had to save right. somebody. Right, exactly. Okay, next question. When did you first become aware of the Warrens and, and or their cases? That's a really good question. I don't know for certain. I don't either. Um, uh, most people I talk to don't know. <laughs> I'm like, they've always just kind of been a part of it, you know? Yeah. It's like whenever you hear paranormal, you hear, you just automatically think um, the ones, you know, if they had something to do with it, it's not surprising. Exactly. Exactly. It's like every, everything I ever looked into was like, and Lorraine were there. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. They're just always involved. (laughs) Basically, yeah. They were inserting themselves a lot, it seemed. And I have a, like... I used to watch a lot of paranormal investigators on YouTube because I was like, okay, they're a little bit more believable than like a big camera crew running around. Right. 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 So I started watching a lot of them, but then all these channels started turning to like, they're going to investigate the conjuring house. They're going to investigate the animal doll. They're investigating inside the Warren's museum and stuff like that. And it's like, they're, they've fallen so far down the Warren rabbit hole and now everything they do is demonic. Everything they do is evil. Everything that's yes. done is is so, so big and dramatic and whatever. And I'm like, I've definitely noticed that. <laughs> yes, um, a lot of really young content creators, like in their early 20s, are doing this. And I've noticed that mm-hmm. the older generations, like uh, late 20s to late 30s, are the ones who are more apt to be real about it. Right. It's because we grew up with the real stuff before it got silly. Like, I, I hear you talk about that show, <laughs> A Haunting, how you love it. And I oh, adore yeah. that show. That is one of my favorites. I love hearing real people tell stories without the, this is what it was. This is, it was demonic. It was evil. It did this and that. And it's more of, we didn't know what was happening, but this was happening. Right. And like, something can be, because in most They're not going to be a great person in death either. It doesn't make them a demon. Actually, can I stop you? Can you restart? For some reason, the phone just cut out that whole first part of your sentence. <laughs> oh, yeah, no worries. Um, what did I say? <laughs> I don't um, even... <laughs> <laughs> um, just if spirits are human, essentially, like they, they are the remnant of what ha- of what's of a a person after they die Mm -hmm. and so if they were not a good person in life they're probably not going to be a good person in death so it doesn't mean that it's demonic it just means that you're encountering a spirit that probably wasn't very nice yeah i agree like if you can have the good and evil in living the living plane why wouldn't you be the same on the other side if you're stuck here because the whole idea of being stuck here is that you didn't want to move on to the next life which means you wouldn't find the peace that's supposedly over there Exactly. And it does, you're right, it does not make it demonic. And it's just sad how quickly people want to say. And even people who aren't religious, you know, backed, they're like, oh, it was a demon because the religious people said it was. Right, exactly. No, that gets pretty frustrating for sure. Alrighty. Um, 
What is your favorite Warren's case and why? Hmm. I always was really into the Amityville case because I it was like the first one of the first scary movies I watched was the Amityville horror. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was listening to your episode episode about the Enfield case, and then I started doing my own research into it, and it's that's probably got to be my favorite now. It's a good one. It's really in depth, and there's a new documentary coming out. Did you hear about it? No, I didn't. Um, the girls, uh, the women, they're now women, um, are going to be on it and they're going to talk about it. And it's going to, I'm pretty, it's, I'm pretty sure it's done. Um, it's a foreign production, not an American one. And I don't think they're going to really address the Warrens involved. I'm not sure. I'm really curious to see if they will, but it seems like they're going to base it around Morris Gross and uh, Guy Playfair. That's really exciting. Yeah, I think so too, especially since the movie made it so confusing (laughs) right (laughs) okay so a follow-up to that question do you believe in any of their cases including that one even though it's not technically theirs i believe that the people were genuinely experiencing paranormal activity for the most part um i just don't believe that that it was happening to the extent that they say it was Okay. Or the exact kind of activity, like, like I said, with the Amityville house, where they're they were like they'd see black like stains in the toilet, and there would be slime on the carpet mm-hmm. and all that, and the the lion statue that bit him mm-hmm. on the ankle, like I, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. And you know what's funny? You mentioned the lion statue. I wasn't sure um, if I remembered that correctly or not, but. Um, I was watching another YouTuber who had been in the museum, the Warrens Museum recently, and I really, really think I saw that lion. I think somehow they got a hold of it. I'm not 100% sure. I'm going to have to go back and watch. But they have a lion statue that looks like it's, you know, got its teeth bared, and I feel like it was described that way. And I'm wondering if it's the same one. Oh, my gosh. That'd be crazy. Wouldn't it? Because they have a lot of items, and a lot of them are from cases we don't know about, like... The majority yeah. of them, we don't have a clue what, you know, they're there for. Right. I'm really hoping with the Conjuring franchise, the franchise, even though I think most of them are crap for the most part, I, I'm <laughs> really curious to see which ones they'll actually address and if they will bring up any more actual items that they own because, like, Enfield, that wasn't, they don't really have a music box that plays that song. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm really curious to see how that goes. Totally. My next question then, would you ever go investigate the Warrens Museum given the opportunity? Oh, oh, I don't know. Cause okay, here's here's the thing. So I live in Iowa. So then um, Omaha, Nebraska is like just a hop, skip, and a jump over a couple hours. They have this museum there that's very similar to what the Warrens style is where they have all these haunted dolls all these clown things these like crime memorabilia all this stuff and they have a doll in there and i don't i don't i don't do dolls (laughs) just in general dolls freak me out but they have this doll in there and it has a little story on the case and i didn't even read the little story on the case but it gave me the worst vibes in the entire world i couldn't even walk past it Oh, wow. And 
I'm very, I, like, I am very sensitive mm-hmm. to things like that. I always have been. So I think I'd be too overwhelmed. Like, I had to, I had to, like, I had to leave that museum or else I was going to be physically sick just mm-hmm. from that one doll. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if, if anything is legit in that museum, the energy would just be so much that I don't know that I could handle it. I can see that, yeah. And um, from what I know and what I've heard, it's a really dark, damp place. And so that's already uncomfortable to your senses. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I think I agree with you. Um, I may or may not have had an opportunity to go. We will see how that Ooh. goes. Um, yeah, I'll be addressing that in some future episodes. I'm very excited to share. Uh, if you listen oh to my interview with Lori, I told her a tiny bit. I was very vague because I'm very excited to like drop this bomb. But um, yeah. <laughs> I had some some fun experiences recently that with some people that I didn't expect to speak to. So that we'll see how that oh goes. But um, since you brought up that story of the doll, how what are your personal feelings on Annabelle? Hmm. I just started listening to <laughs> your episode about Annabelle, and I don't know quite enough to have like a well-formed opinion on it. Understand. All I know is that there's like I don't know. There's just something about um, the the idea of speaking ill on a spirit and mm-hmm. then potentially something bad happening to it that I'm like. To, or to you, I'm like, oh, I understand. That I don't completely. know that I have a, a strong opinion either way. I guess <laughs> if it makes you feel any better about speaking on her on my show, I have decided, due to recent interactions, I do not at all believe in the existence of Annabelle, a haunted doll. Okay, <laughs> and I cannot wait to share with everyone why I now can, because I'm not normally a person to say that. I'm not normally the type yeah. to be like, I for sure think this about this. But because of what I've learned recently and the interactions and the research I've done on top of that, I I can't. I cannot even entertain the idea of Annabelle being a haunted doll. Okay, okay, now I'm excited. <laughs> and can't I wait think, to hear about this. I think that's going to be um, fun for my listeners because they know I am so adamant about not deciding. Um, it's not for me mm-hmm. to decide. It's not for me to convince anybody else. And I'm not trying to convince anybody of my disbelief of Annabelle, but I definitely am going to share why I don't believe anymore. <laughs> That's very exciting. I can't wait to hear this. Yay! I'm so excited to share. Okay, so as someone who has gone on paranormal investigations and had your own experiences, how do you feel mm-hmm. about the way the Warrens led their investigations? We talked about this a little bit, but I'd like to hear a little more of your opinion on that. I like the idea that you bring in like somebody that is psychic um, to get a read on the place and see it. I mean, if you buy into that, um, that they can sense things or whatever. Cause like, I, I don't know, I guess I have in the past been able to like piece things together just by impressions I've gotten in locations and I've been proven correct. Um, so I do, I, I, vaguely believe in the idea of psychics and things like that so I like the idea of it but the antagonistic portion of it I just can't get behind like you never it's just you're interacting with a person at the end of the day and if you want them to interact with you why would you come at them with respect you know yeah I couldn't agree more on both aspects yeah 
Sorry, I'm still getting over a cold here. No, you're good. <laughs> I was going to say something else and my brain just turned off and I was like, wait, where did it go? <laughs> oh, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say uh, the psychic thing. Yeah, I agree with that. And I like it when um, I recently was turned on to a podcast. Um, I think it's called The Night Owl. I'll have to look that up and send it to you for sure. But there's a guy who tells oh, stories yeah. and he's really into investigating. And he himself, I don't think he's um, sensitive in any way, but he has a friend that he takes along with him and she is. And I really like Ooh. her because she's she's very... She's not a theatrical psychic. She is a normal yeah. person. She talks normally. She she reacts normally. It's not a big production when she has a reaction or an experience during an investigation. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with that. If the psychic is there to do real work and not be silly, it's definitely a good, a good addition to an investigation. Definitely. Okay. I have two more questions for you, and then we will wrap this up. Okay. All right. If you could be lead investigator on any of the cases the Warrens worked on, would you? And what what would you do differently? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know that I would want to be the lead investigator of anything. <laughs> I can I can relate to that. <laughs> I feel like that's just so much responsibility, and I. I'm still such an amateur that I don't really entirely know what I'm doing yet. I, have, so, I feel the same. <laughs> when my friends and I go, somehow I know the most out of the three of us. So I do kind of take the lead. But at the same time, like, it, we'll get to 2 a.m. and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, okay, I've asked every question I've ever seen them ask on TV. I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> I've used all my equipment. I'm so lost. I don't know. <laughs> I can relate to that too. You can only go so far with your knowledge. I'm like, everything I know comes from watching other people paranormal investigate. So I'm like, well, shoot, I'm out of ideas. Same. I, I can completely understand that. And would, so if you could be a part of one, would you do anything different if so? Since you just listened to the Enfield case and you're researching it, is there anything you would have done that they didn't do or anything you would change that they did do, that they claimed to have done? Let me say that. <laughs> hmm. To be honest, I have the memory of a butterfly mm -hmm. and I don't remember any of the specifics of what they did and didn't do. I understand that. Also, it's not helpful that most of it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, I, I always think of the movie, like anybody else, my brain goes straight to the movie and what I remember of the happenings of the movie. And then I have to remind myself that that's not really the way it went down. And yeah. even though some of those things happened according to what they the, the, the um, Hodgson said, it's hard to differentiate their alleged experiences with what's portrayed in the movie because it gets so convoluted. So I can definitely relate to that. It's hard to remember all the bits and pieces because you have too many angles of each story. Right, right. Okay, then. My last question. Do you have any goals you'd like to reach in your podcasting or your paranormal investigating and research? I do, yeah. Um... I would like to eventually get to um, have a pretty steady listenership at some point. Like, I 
only average about 15 plays per episode. I'd like to get up to maybe 100. Mm-hmm. And so goal. that's kind of like not anything crazy, but I'd like to get up to like maybe 100 monthly listeners at some point. And I think that'd be really, really cool. Um, <laughs> well, I think you're on your and, way because when I discovered you, I, I started sharing you everywhere. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm a huge, huge fan. I love someone who likes to do the research and actually puts in the effort and the work instead of just trying to get listeners. I appreciate that a lot. So I think that slow build is a lot better than the quick, shocking listener snagging ones. (laughs) Yeah, I get so many like messages on Instagram where they're like, I can promote your podcast and I can, I can get oh, you yeah. 1,000 listeners in the next month. And I'm like, no. Yeah. For how much? I, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm not trying to pay for listeners. I like, if they want to listen to me, they want to listen to me. I'd exactly. prefer to do this whole thing yeah, organically. The organic I'm way. just having a good time. <laughs> Same. I agree completely. I have one in my inbox now that I opened on accident because I tend not to open them. I just ignore them. But I accidentally yeah. opened it, and so I just left it on un- read, and he's messaged <laughs> three more times with question marks, and I'm like, no, oh they're so pushy. <laughs> like, oh, it's fine. Just yeah. uh, find, find someone else to scam, please. Exactly. Oh, do you get the um, psychic reading scams, too? I've gotten a couple, because I follow, like, I used to live in Minneapolis, and there's a psychic shop up there that I like, mm-hmm. and so I follow them on Instagram, and they have fake profiles made every, like, two days. Oh, wow. And they'll be like, I can sense this great energy coming from you, and you have great things coming to you. Let me tell you all about that. Yeah. I'm like, no. Yeah, they, they reached out to me and told me I need to talk to you. Well, if that's the case, then just tell me, like. Yeah. <laughs> if you really have something to share, you should probably just share. That would be the decent thing to do. <laughs> like, the spirits are telling me I have a message for you, but it's pl- it's behind the $20 paywall. Yep, it's got to be paid for. <laughs> it just won't come through clearly. <laughs> uh. Well, thank you so much for being on my show. Tell us where we can find you. Uh, you can find me at Station 59 Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and Station 59 on well, any platform where you get your podcasts. Awesome. Do you have a specific platform that um, helps you out more with um, getting your podcast noticed? Um, I would say I get the most traction on Spotify. Awesome. But okay. I get a lot on Apple Podcasts as well. Perfect. Mine's the same. All right. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap this up? Uh, Just thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm so excited. Me too. Thank you for coming on. This is going to be so much fun to share. I can't wait. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much to Chelsea Deanne, host of Station 59 Podcast. It was so much fun to talk about the Warrens with you, and I'm so honored to have been on your show as well. Don't forget to go check that out. You can find Station 59 Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and I will also link in the show notes. Thanks again, lady. Until next time. everyone. Are you ready to embark on a magical journey into the world of nature's treasures? 
Look no further than Into the Woods Stones and Crystals. Discover the enchanting collection of stones and crystals that will ignite your spirit and elevate your well-being. At Into the Woods Stones and Crystals, they offer a treasure trove of Mother Earth's finest gems, all carefully handpicked to bring you positive energy and healing vibrations. Whether you're a seasoned crystal enthusiast or just beginning your crystal journey, they've got something for everyone. From amethyst to quartz, citrine to obsidian, each crystal is a unique masterpiece waiting to enhance your life. And if you listen to my interview on Creepy Chisma, you know how much I love obsidian. But that's not all. When you shop with them, you're not just buying crystals, you're investing in a deeper connection with nature. Their crystals are ethically sourced and sustainably harvested, ensuring they protect the earth as they share its precious gifts. And here's a special treat for you listeners. Use code TRUTHORDEMONS, all one word, at checkout to enjoy an exclusive discount on your purchase. Ready to bring a touch of magic into your life? Visit their website, into-the-woods-stones.myshopify.com. I'll put the link in the show notes. Explore their exquisite collection and don't forget to follow them on social media for updates, special offers, and crystal wisdom. I will put all links in the show notes. Into the Woods Stones and Crystals where the magic of nature meets the power of your spirit. Shop now, enter Truth or Demons at checkout, and let the journey begin.